Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. Uh, this is our Wednesday edition of the show where we talk about the latest news in the world of film, television, and pop culture. Uh, this week, we had the very first virtual San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend. We'll be talking about that. We've got the 2020 Emmy nominations and uh, much more. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, for those of you new to the show, we broadcast this show live most Wednesday nights on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Flickr Effect. If you would prefer an audio only version of the show, you can find the Flickr Effect podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the iHeartRadio app, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Flickr Effect. By the way, I'm David Lott. Joining me as always is Bobby Jackson. How's it going, Bobby? Oh, it's going good. It's been a while, so ready to get into some of this news action. Ready to get into it. We've had a little break, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't because we were in San Diego <laughs> for Comic-Con. Uh, we were <laughs> all at homes or doing whatever we can do to stay safe. And uh, yeah, Comic-Con happened this past weekend virtually for the first time. But uh, as always... I'd like to turn things over to you to tell us what's been happening. I don't know if that's where you want to start off or what what you've got for us this week, Bobby. Yeah, so, well, like you mentioned, Comic-Con at home did happen. There was a lot to choose from in terms of the panels that they were presenting. And I don't know exactly what all you got a chance to see in terms of the offerings, but there was definitely a lot there. I didn't get a chance to watch much because I was on a camping trip this weekend. So I didn't get to really have any connection to uh, the different panels going on. And then I got back and it was time for work. So really didn't get a chance to experience Comic-Con at home like I really wanted to. The only panel I had a chance to check out was for the boys. And even with the boys panel, I still kind of um, skipped the footage that they showed because I know it's like right around the corner. So I'm like, well, I don't really need to see it uh, when it's this close to actually the show coming back. So I didn't watch the footage, but just kind of watch the panel in general. So that was really my only big experience in terms of having uh, one of the panels at home. So I thought that it was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I don't, know necessarily in terms of my my biggest fear and i don't know if this played out in any of the things that you got a chance to watch depending on how much you got a chance to watch but my biggest fear about the comic-con at home was that with it being on zoom or just in general uh, and i mentioned this when i had the dropout was that uh, there would be audio issues or people talking over one another that kind of thing going on because it's all done online and done through Zoom. So there's that clunkiness to it. And, you know, I, I guess there's there's that, but I don't know in terms of as a whole, if that seemed to be an issue with a lot of panels. One thing I did see that happened, at least within the news that I saw, was that um, CBS and some other, some other outlets had issues where they were uh, showing footage or showing the panel and then it just shut down on YouTube because they were copyright infringing, but they were copyright infringing <laughs> themselves. So it was kind of like, wow. Huh? <laughs> so the algorithm <laughs> caught them and mm, nothing you can do about it. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. But the, the, 
Yeah. The good thing is that it didn't actually affect it in any kind of real time kind of thing, because uh, as you probably already know, and I don't know if people who watched any of it knew, but it's all pre-recorded. It'd been done, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So it wasn't like they had to worry specifically about certain types of issues and could fix certain things. But uh, on a whole, I'm kind of curious what your whole takeaway was from it. Uh, I went into the weekend thinking, hey, I'm going to, you know, try to partake in as much of the panel, virtual panels on YouTube as I as I could. I was kind of looking forward to it, you know, since I couldn't be in San Diego. None of us could be in San Diego for this. Um, and I don't know. I watched a couple. And I guess I, I hadn't really thought about this or asked this ahead of time you know, or looked into this ahead of time, whether or not the, sh the panels were actually going to be live or pre-recorded. So I quickly realized that, that, that they were definitely pre-recorded. You could tell. Um, I watched the boys panel like you did, uh, I think in its entirety. And, uh, that was one, that was one of the first panels I could tell, okay, yeah, this is definitely a pre-recorded thing, you know? And, and maybe it seems silly that, 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 I think had an effect on my enjoyment, but I think it kind of did. I think the fact that none of this was happening live, maybe it makes no sense, but to me, like it just seemed like it took something away from the experience. I think doing these kind of panels live would have made them a little more interesting, you know, just people talking off the cuff like they do at an actual panel instead of it being something that was then edited and uh, a little more polished. I don't know, that kind of bothered me. And I think the you know, Comic-Con at home experience could have been made a little better if they could have found a way to you know, still arrange to have all of these celebrities and filmmakers and comic book makers to kind of do this you know, over the weekend live. And I also understand that that you know, brings with it a ton of fears of you know, technical issues. And then when it happens live, what yeah. do you do? I, I understand the reasoning behind not doing that completely. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it being pre-recorded kind of took something away from it. I ended up not watching a whole lot. I watched the boys. I watched a couple small panels, like comic book panels. Really, the only other one I watched in this one, actually, I watched last night was the evening with Kevin Smith, um, which, you know, as you know, Bobby takes place usually every Saturday night in Hall H. And uh, it was definitely different watching it on YouTube because for one, it was almost hard to watch because, as you know, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, he he uses whatever language he feels like using and that's just how he is and it being on youtube and it wanting it to be family friendly they were sent they censored the whole thing which made it almost unwatchable they were they were censoring literally almost at times every other word that came out of his mouth <laughs> it was just constant beeps really? it was like well, what are we doing here it got to a point probably at the halfway point where i felt like that kind of let up. And I guess just the nature of the stuff he was talking about, he wasn't using as many curse words and it got better, but it was just like, that was a frustrating thing to watch. Plus when it comes to that panel, I think what makes those panels best is when he's actually doing a Q and a, in this case, there was no Q and a. So it was really a one hour Kevin Smith infomercial, <laughs> you know, of him just talking about 
all of the projects he has going on and podcasts and, and films he still plans on making. And, you know, he showed the trailer for that new uh, horror film. Um, I'm already forgetting something Kilroy, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that that was different. <laughs> it was definitely not like the usual evening with Kevin Smith and Hall H on a Saturday. But, uh, I, yeah, long story short, I ended up thinking I was going to experience a lot and I didn't in the end. And mm. I think again, as silly as it may sound, I think the fact that none of it was live took something away from the experience that, you know, again, I get it, but I think it's unfortunate. They couldn't have found a way to make at least some of the bigger panels live. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I almost think that it might've been a little interesting if they could have, Knowing that they were going to, maybe they can't do it live, but maybe they could do it live in in a way that um, I'm thinking off the cuff here. But one of two ways, either do it pre-recorded or do it live. But maybe you could have gotten, um, let's say, if you did it pre-recorded, you could have gotten the the same actors and everything that they had in these panels together uh, on a sound stage somewhere had them tested and everything in advance. Mm -hmm. And then they're all in the same room. And then you can have a moderator there asking them them those those questions. And they could have asked people who are fans of the show to send in to your tweets or someplace to questions that you might have. And someone as a moderator could read those off. Um, Or doing it live, having them checked up beforehand and they still go to this soundstage or whatever and they do the whole thing there live and i think that would have helped an element of it as opposed to everyone being from their homes which understandably so but there's so many other things that are starting back up as far as productions in hollywood and they're them figuring out a way to do that Mm -hmm. i feel like they could have possibly figured out another way to do this as well and to give it that more of a live feeling because yeah it it does take away in that element because one you're already not there so that's gonna hinder it because if you're used to experiencing it live there's that element that you feed off of with the crowd and everything so uh, one, you're already down that, and that takes away from it already. Right. So to then kind of have this pre-recorded thing, that's going to, again, distance from it because there's not that feeling of like we're all taking part in this at the same time. There's p- all the other people that are watching it at the same time as you, but knowing that the actors and everyone that's there, they're off doing their other thing on that actual day, they're not there doing it at that time. Yeah. Just gives you a little more distance from it. So and yeah, he, I, I think that if they had to do it again, they would probably try and do some different things. And even, you know, like you said that, oh, well, you're watching it at the same time as everybody else. I mean, that I guess that depends on how you watched it. Like, for instance, The Boys, I watched it, right. quote unquote, when it happened live, <laughs> like at least when it was, you know, I watched yeah. it on IGN's channel, which IGN had it as a live YouTube event. So 
but then at the same time, like I could have jumped over right at the time it was supposed to start, which I, I don't know, whatever hour it was, like six o'clock or something here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had gone to the Comic-Con channel, all they did on the Comic-Con YouTube channels right at that time, they they dropped the video into YouTube. I could have for, fast forwarded it, rewound, you know, jumped around inside the video all yeah. I wanted. Yeah. Um, so that... True. You know, you're missing that experience of say, hey, you jump in and do like basically the opposite of what you ended up doing. I could see people going, hey, I'm just going to go into this video and jump to the the scenes. I just want to watch the scenes and a new trailer or something. And that's all they watched. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Obviously, the whole experience in general is not uh, what anybody wants, Comic-Con included. And hopefully this is the last time that we're doing this, at least for a long time. (laughs) Um and Seriously. you know at least when as san diego comic-con is concerned we've got other conventions left like dragon con is going going virtual and remains to be seen how exactly that's going to work but hopefully next year at least you know those of you that will get to go to san diego comic-con will actually get to go to the <laughs> convention yeah so, for sure yeah hopefully so um yeah i guess well that's in the book. So yeah. uh, like you said, hopefully next year we'll, we'll have better uh, enjoyment of the Comic-Con experience. The other thing that was in the news recently, as of yesterday, actually, do you remember when um, Universal and AMC theaters got into it because AMC was as a movie theater expected during this whole COVID thing to show certain movies but because of it, they couldn't. And Universal decided to show their uh, Trolls, their new uh, Trolls movie. Is Troll? I forget. What was the, do you remember the name Trolls of it? World Tour. Trolls World Tour. There you go. Trolls World Tour. Oh, I, I know it well. Um, they, <laughs> they brought it home right. to VOD as opposed to uh, having it in the theaters. And AMC wasn't happy about it. And so they got into it. And uh, at the time, I remember it was either CEO or someone like that saying, basically, we weren't going to show any more of Universal's movies in our theaters. Well, if I remember correctly, I I want to because like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the way it kind of played out wasn't so much that Universal released Trolls specifically. I think in a way that was just almost accepted like, hey, you know, it's COVID. This is what's happening. I think it was in reaction to how well it did via via VOD, that executive at Universal, I think, made comments like that Universal would maybe be looking at different distribution models in the future, which was what really pissed AMC mm-hmm. off. Because the, basically, the idea of looking at models that wouldn't include movie theaters <laughs> for future releases, I think that was the thing that really kind of got AMC going. But sorry, sorry to cut you off. That probably, no, that's okay. That's probably the thing that got them going. But they did also, from the jump, kind of skirt AMC in terms of not giving them the heads up at like, hey, Mm. because there are no theaters open, we're going to go ahead and move this over to VOD. They just kind of took the initiative to go ahead and do it. So that was like, you know, a big like, hey, what's going on here? And then he had that statement of like, the justification for it right like, yeah you right. know well there's no theaters open and we may be looking for this in the future and then that's when the uh, amc guy jumped on it as well and they kind of had the war war of words going back and forth 
And so as of yesterday, it looks as though the two parties have come together and made up, but in a way that you just would not have expected. So normally, you know, a movie goes into the theater and it's there for a good 90 days before it, and then so it's all negotiated in the theaters per chain and, and all kind of other contracts. But normally at the, the movie might be in a theater for 90 days and then it moves off and can go into VOD and whatnot. So uh, that's the normal process. But in this deal that AMC and Universal made, um, they are going to shorten that release window and, and not by a little, but by a whole lot. <laughs> uh, the new window in terms of what they would be able to release for is now 17 days, which is about three weekends. And so after that time, they are then able to move it on to premium VOD, which at that point at, at where what they can do is that rental price, which hasn't been um, given a specific price, but it could be like $20, $25, who knows. But after the 17 days, Universal can then move it on to um, premium VOD. And then what goes into the further details of this is that um, AMC will get 10% of Universal's rental revenue from that movie. So there, that didn't that never happened before. The the theater's line was cut after it left the theater, and that's where their money stopped. And the longer the movie was in theater, the more that the movie theater itself would make. The first few weeks of a, a release of a movie usually went to the studio at a, um, I guess you could say maybe unfair split, something like seventy thirty or eighty twenty. And in the case of the um, Star Wars films, I think it was 100% went for the first two, three weeks to the studio. And so it was really jacked for them at that point. But um, normally, the longer it stays in, that percentage shifts to the movie theater making more. Um, so now shortening this, they are making this where, okay, you can go ahead and put it on premium VOD, but now we're going to take 10% of that. So then after that, um, a film can't go to streaming service or regular rental, like the $5 rentals basically, until after the three month window. So that three month window comes back into play for something going onto streaming service or a regular, regular rental. So like a, a Netflix or a Hulu or whatever, um, they can't still get it until three months. It would still have to be on premium VOD. And um, now it's like Universal can wait longer to put out a movie on a, on a VOD if they want to. They don't have to do it after 17 days. It's just they have that option now. So the whole point of contention here, it seems to be, is that um, Universal made this deal with AMC, but that's all that we know of uh cineworld who is i think the second largest exhibitor of movie theaters they came out yesterday and said they think this is uh, not smart and that they have no plans of making this kind of deal with universal so if they're the second largest exhibitor and they're saying no we're not doing this and it doesn't seem like so far any other studios are stepping forward to make this deal 
this really looks like it's just a deal between Universal and AMC. And now at the same time, AMC has uh, other studios and also other exhibitors upset at them because this is really shaking things up in a way that has not been done before. And that means that it's it's kind of a, a weird thing in terms of I feel like Universal was betting on this making other studio or other uh, exhibitors kind of fall in line and will get behind this deal, maybe because there's no movies being shown and they're losing money. And so their negotiating power is a little bit weaker. So maybe this was the time to strike in terms of uh, shortening that window, which other studios have been wanting to do with the exception of Disney because their movies kill in the box office and it kills for long periods of time. So for them, it's not advantageous. But um, I think that the the thing that's tricky here is that if no one else jumps onto this as far as exhibitors, then does that mean that Universal will only show their movies in AMC theaters? Because if they show it in any other theater, um, it will have to stay there the entire 90 day window period. So it's kind of a weird move if if you think about it in, in that way that they didn't go and make this deal with everyone. It's just specifically AMC. And maybe it's because AMC is, if you've been in the news and being on the brink of you know bankruptcy that maybe they felt like they needed to make this kind of deal. But I don't know. What did you, what did you think when you saw this and heard about it? Uh, I guess I thought the way you're sounding when you describe it, like that it's kind of crazy. And, and I guess it, the fact that it's happening the way it's happening is evidence that I guess I still don't completely and probably none of us really completely understand the complexities of, of film distribution when it comes to the deals with the movie theaters and and versus VOD and how, how these deals are going to work. Because, yeah, at first, like you're saying, like the idea that a universe, that Universal Films period will not play in other theaters other than AMC theaters, at least at this point, <laughs> um, seems seems crazy to me you know uh i I don't know like i mean i guess you know what because what if then if universal were to put out a movie and have it in regal theaters they would not be able to put it on vod period until what the 90-day window right even though they have a deal on amc they would still have to hold off and I, yeah. I would imagine with a lot of their bigger films, they're going to hold off anyway, you know, naturally, even though they have that deal with AMC. I don't know. It's just weird and complicated. And and I guess I'm curious to see if they make now deals with these other movie theaters, since like you just said, they, they are in an interesting position not being open right now, though it looks like they they could be open relatively soon, theoretically. <laughs> What tenant mm-hmm. I think is what slated for Labor Day weekend at this point, which is yeah. really our our next or first big release post COVID. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. Uh, I'm definitely yeah, curious to kind of watch time. how it continues to play out. For sure, because there's so many moving parts within this. Because, like you said, there's this part of it with this whole distribution. But something we hadn't talked about, which is what you just touched on, is the the tenant B 
being moved and finally having a date, but that date is not specific to the U.S. Right. Uh, there's, it's supposed to do an international opening. And because a lot of places overseas has opened up, uh, they can open it there. But here in the United States, they're going to have something like a slow rollout based on whenever theaters are allowed to open here in whatever city it's open in. So if the city has a theater that's open, it'll get tenant. If the theater doesn't open, like in places in L- like in L.A. and Orange County, mm-hmm. then you don't get it until those numbers go down and theaters are allowed to open. So re- theoretically speaking, the, we might not get tenant until October, depending on how things go right. here, you know, and the numbers. But everyone else will have seen it at least overseas uh, by September. So it, it's one of those crazy things. So again, it, it comes down to um, these other theaters like Cineworld that they owned and the landmarks and the, the Regals and all those, when will they be able to open in such a huge uh, market like the U S and how long can they sustain by not being open here? Uh, if it goes further, will that boldness and, directness in terms of them taking a hard stance and saying, no, we're not taking part in part of this with uh, Universal. Will they start to weaken that position if they go into longer months that they're not open, at least here? So it's all moving and nebulous, and we just don't know how it all shake out. But it's, it's just such a weird and crazy time because they're really trying to do, they're in survival mode, really, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out a way to stay alive while all this is happening and it's creating some weird situations and uh you know this is just the beginning of it so we'll see where it all shakes out but for now it's something that's a a huge development and uh, we will see how it how it proceeds but I, i am very curious to me, it shows just how weak of a position AMC had that they would agree to 17 days. Like if the normal window is 90 days, why not do something like 45 days? Well, right. Split the difference, you know, go go somewhere halfway in between. 17 days is like so, it's not even a month. It's like really <laughs> not even 30 days? It's, I mean, <laughs> there's going to be plenty, I hate to say it, there's going to be plenty of films that aren't the, that aren't tenant. <laughs> That mm-hmm. if I, you know, I will say, I, I, I know, like, as I do, I'll probably be like, eh, I could wait, you know, 17 days and just watch it on the cover of my home and not deal with yeah. annoying people at a movie theater. And I love the movie theater experience, to be very, very clear. I, I definitely mm-hmm. fall into the Christopher Nolan uh, school of you, for the most part, should be watching movies in a movie theater, but there'll be certain types of films, you know, some rom-com or something. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to see that in the theater. Right. Like I'll wait. Yeah. Like, yeah. But no, I guess the, the thing would be though, if you did wait the 17 days and it's some rom-com or something kind of like that, mm-hmm. would you still pay the 20, $25 for that movie? Or would you still just end up waiting the 90 days that you would have to, in order for it to come to a streaming service or be five or $6 for the rental. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because uh, that's kind of the position we're in now, right? Where right. some of these movies that were slated to come out in the theater have now hit home, but they're like, you know, spent or they're being priced out at like 20 bucks or whatever for that rental. And I've or, done a couple and, of yeah, those. Yeah, it's just a rental. It's not like, yeah. right. Yeah. So maybe it would just be a case by case basis of the, the particular movie that um, was in theaters and then now goes to. VOD after the 17 days, would you feel like that's one you want to see now at home in the comfort of your own home? Or is it one that you would like to see in the comfort of your home, own home three months down the line? Uh, I, I, like you said, case by case basis, I guess it all depends. Yeah. You know, if it's some movie yeah. where everyone is like raving about it, but for whatever reason, I don't want to see it in a theater. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes into mm -hmm. play. I mean, obviously, if you were to, if we're talking about this pre-COVID vaccine, I'm probably waiting on every movie. <laughs> like, mm. I'm, you know, other than I think the, and I think we talked about it on the podcast, you know, your description of if, like, if you see Tenet in a movie theater, how you'll see it. Other yeah. than seeing a movie that way where I'm really isolating myself as best as possible, uh, you know, other mm -hmm. than that, I'm, I'm probably not going to a movie theater until we have a vaccine in place. And yeah, but so for until then, it's an easy call. Yeah, I'll wait <laughs> if it's a universal film. Yeah, since we're just talking about universal <laughs> right. movies at this point, it, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, I mean, a Disney film, if they get released during this time, which I kind of doubt. I don't know, man. It's the whole thing. It's just weird. We could we could go on and on and on about the different sure. uh, like situations that could come into play Possibly. depending on the studio and the movies and yep. You know, I don't know. I just don't know yeah. anything well, anymore. It's, no, and it's still <laughs> unfolding. So right. we'll, we'll keep you up to date as more news gets leaked out about it. Right. Um, well, one of the other big things that happened this week was Emmy nominations. So I don't know. It's weird because I was taking a look at some of this information based on the Emmys, and I don't know how much of it you know about, but I'm looking over a Variety's website right now, and it's kind of an interesting thing. One of the, at least far as me, what I was interested in in terms of some of this stuff, and it's the breakdown of the nominations. Um, so there is the top 10 Emmy nominated series are uh, Watchmen with 26 nominations. And then you've got the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel with 20 and Ozark had 18. Uh, Succession had, uh, looks like 18 as well. And then uh, The Mandalorian had 15. Uh, Saturday Night Live with 15. Shits Creek with 15. The Crown with 13, um, Hollywood with 12, and Worst World with 11. Now, what I find so surprising about that, I, one thing I'm actually happy about is that Watchmen got 26. But the one that surprises me, which might sound odd, is Ozark with, with the, um, let's see, it's 18. That one surprises me only because it's in its third season, I believe. And for whatever reason, it feels like it was this year that people really realized Ozark's, Ozark was out there. Um, 
obviously it's in the third it's it's in its third season so it's been around for a little bit but i remember hearing about it when it first came on and it, the the conversation was like oh it's kind of like breaking bad it's like breaking bad light in a way um but that was it and that jason bateman was in it and, and he was good in it and then this season it just popped and it, it you would constantly see it in the netflix top 10 list of uh of the week and everything and i really feel like it's because everyone's at home now that the buzz on it uh increased and people started watching it and binging it and then it really picked up steam because this season was really good but the other two seasons I thought were good as well, but this year it really has that buzz and the conversation behind it. So uh, that one's the one that kind of caught me. And I don't know if anything off that, that I read that catches your attention, but um, yeah, that's basically the, the top 10 uh, most nominated series for this year. Um. You know, I, I kind of looked them over. I will say when I first heard the news about the nominations, I think the first thing I caught was The Mandalorian getting a nomination for drama series. Mm. And hey, I, I love The Mandalorian, but I, I don't I don't even know if I buy that. <laughs> like, like, really? Uh, you know, it's, it's a great show. I'm a big fan, but I... You know, other than that, my big, my other big takeaway, kind of like yours, and it makes me very happy to see that the Watchmen got so many, or that Watchmen got yeah. so many nominations with what twenty six. Uh, yeah, that's because I, not that I'm probably the person to ask because I don't watch a ton of television, but that's probably one of the mm -hmm. best TV shows I've watched in, in quite a while. That's it's a damn good show. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and oh, if maybe yeah. hearing the amount of nominations for anyone who still hasn't watched it for whatever reason, maybe that will then entice more and more people to give it a, a try. Cause it's incredibly, incredibly good. But, uh, yeah. other than that, yeah, I don't know. Like I, like I said, the Mandalorian drama series thing kind of, kind of threw me for a loop <laughs> i don't know why it just mm. kind of did but um i'm trying to i'm kind of glancing over some of the the bigger stuff right now and you yeah know. actually while while you're looking uh, and yeah. I'll, I'll segue into that a little bit is that uh just reading off some of the major categories in the 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 group that's in that category mm -hmm. for drama series uh, you have better call saul the Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The the Mandalorian, as you mentioned, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. And I got to say, it, it's a nice list uh, in terms of the drama series. I've watched all of those except for The Crown, actually. And um, I would say that I could see any of those. Honestly, well... I'll say I could see any of those winning with the exception of probably Stranger Things. I just think that's probably the weakest one. I would agree. Based on I this mean, season, based on what I've seen, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for this year, anyway. Right. And yeah, I could see any of those other ones. I mean, I think Mandalorian probably comes in just slightly mm -hmm. above Stranger Things in terms of which one of these would win. But yeah, um, solid, solid list there. Uh, comedy series is Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, uh, The Kaminsky Method, 
the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows, which, again, solid list. The only thing that I would have said that I, I would have wished was in that list was Dave. That was FX on Hulu. And that's such a, a really good revelation of a show that I didn't even know of that rapper, Lil Dicky, before even watching the show. And, and you, uh, yeah, I, I really, really loved it. And I'm sorry, you actually broke up for a moment as right as you said the name of that show. What was the name of the show again? Oh, Dave. Uh, and it's featuring oh, okay. the, the rapper Lil Dicky. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's the one I would have thought would have been in there as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, there's some of these here that I didn't watch, but I've heard good things about. So I don't think there's anything in this listing that shouldn't be there. Um, the limited series is Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. So, yeah, I, I'm. that's one I'm really thinking that... that uh, Watchmen should should take that one, but yeah. I can see how one or, one or two of these other ones could be in good contention for it as well. I mean, and another then, uh, another thing I noticed. So, I mean, it's a show I watched, and like you know, the fact that like the morning show is not a nominee for drama series, but yet like Stranger Things is, mm. and The Mandalorian is. Yeah, right. <laughs> like uh, that kind of confuses me. I see the uh, the morning show got some yeah. acting nominations, and I think maybe a few others. I don't know, but like I see Jennifer Aniston got a nomination for it. Steve Carell got a nomination for it. Um, but anyway, something yeah. else that just caught my eye. No, I, yeah, that's true. I haven't watched any of those because I don't have a way to watch them. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was actually looking into it because I don't know exactly how you are able to watch any of the apple tv plus stuff because i have only ever heard okay you watch it through if you have an apple product like if you have an iphone or um, ipad or an apple tv mm -hmm. but if you don't have any of those things then what's your method of watching it and that i didn't know so i had to look yeah really because yeah you can you can put an apple tv app on your roku you can put it on i have it on my television um, so you don't have to have an Apple device to subscribe to Apple TV Plus. Um, and I don't have a Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. So then I, that's why I was still kind of like, well, what would you use? Do they make apps for any other devices? And, and if not, is there a browser that you can use to get? That I don't know. So like I have it on my LG TV. It has the app within the, like yeah. in the smart TV. I have it there. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at like a list of all the devices. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know if it's on like, you know, a lot of times like Blu-ray players and and such have apps like a Samsung Blu-ray player may have it. Um, Maybe, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. The only thing I like saw... if you just want to do it on a computer, I don't know if you could do it through right. like if you've loaded iTunes on your Windows machine, maybe you could do it through there. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, only thing I saw, at least in the brief, um, the, the brief digging that I did was that you could see it through Android. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if it meant an Android device uh, and having an app there or if it meant the browser of Android browser. I don't know. 
probably I, I would think there'd be an app with an android which then like maybe that opens up like chromecast as a as a possibility i don't know my lights went out i see that you're, <laughs> you're slightly in the dark now oh well i'm in the dark now yeah oh well <laughs> maybe it's telling me to wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I guess there wasn't too much more uh in terms of the categories i wanted to read other than the the other thing that i found interesting was the uh the breakdown in terms of um services that got the nominations so yeah netflix got 160 nominations and following second was hbo with 107 and then the next person to come up in third was nbc with 47 nominations wow that's a big so, difference <laughs> it's, it's crazy. a huge difference right mm. and it's crazy that to me of all things that was going to be number one it would be netflix but it does make a lot of sense because they have so much materials they yeah. seem like they drop something new every single week yeah and it's like a lot of it gets lost in the shuffle because there's so much of it um there's the the thing that i i think that really makes you think is that it got 160 nominations um there's that many categories in the Emmys. <laughs> like, yeah. At least 160. Well, no, I, so, I take that as also all... meaning that you've got categories where Netflix has multiple nominations within a category, you know? So, um, like for instance, I'm looking at li be, yeah. limited series. They have Unbelievable and Unorthodox. So there's two nominations in one category. Um, yeah, because 160, that's a lot. But I was, it's funny because I think I have the, probably the same list you have open on Variety which I guess this is the yeah. complete list. And man, I you scroll and scroll and scroll. There's a lot right. of categories for the Emmys. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, some of these are kind of, really they're kind of long winded. Cause you've got like stuff like in uh, like technical categories where it's yeah. a show, but then it lists like 10 people that all worked on sound for that show. You know, anyway, it's a, it's a long list. This, yeah. Yeah. Look, look, look at this. Look at this category here. I mean, it's like you really could cut down some of these because someone said that there's like 21 uh, nominee uh, categories for the Oscars or whatever, mm -hmm. which makes okay. That makes sense. But you got something like this for the Emmys, and I get that everybody wants their chance, but production design for a narrative period or fantasy program. Wow. How specific do you have to be yeah. for a category? Because I was even, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking here at technical, technical direction, camera work, video control for a special. And, <laughs> and not only that, but like I said, it's like, you know, it'll list like, for instance, here is the little mermaid live on ABC, but then you're, you're listing off like mm. every camera person. There's like 15, 10 camera people here and then two video control people and then a technical director, two technical directors. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. The Oscars got nominated. There's yeah. like, there are literally, it looks like 25 cameramen listed here for the Oscars. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know if you saw this one, but cinematography for a single camera series half hour, and then there's cinematography for a single camera series one hour. What? <laughs> <laughs> Two separate categories just because one is an hour and one's a half an hour. But it's I, the same thing uh, basically for single camera series. And obviously and that this means is if not there's one all... for a single camera series, there must be a multi-camera series right. one too. 
and obviously this is not all <laughs> stuff that we see in the the broadcasts. You know, the broadcast is right, kind of trimmed yeah. down to like the way the Oscars are, but still, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit insane. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so I don't even know because I didn't look at the breakdown in terms of those fifteen nominations that the Mandalorian got. I don't know what other categories they are are honestly, in. Honestly, I don't but either. But when you look at this list and see this stuff. It could be in something weird like that, like one of the nominations Best catering. for a single camera. <laughs> yeah, um, it could be something weird. But yeah, that's that's basically it for the, the Emmys. Um, the other thing that I, I think to note, well, two things, really. Uh, oddly enough, that even though it does have hardly anyone watching it at this point, uh, Quibi had 10 nominations for a series on, on their uh, streaming right. service. <laughs> and um, the other thing that I, I didn't even think about until I read the article was that uh, this year I forgot that uh, it's going to be a, a virtual show. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was reading in the article, I guess it said that the writers and cameramen and people will be working with the different nominee nominees and uh, getting <clears throat> them uh, framed at home and with whoever loved ones want to be there with them as well. So it will be a very interesting experience to watch that uh, virtually as from them doing the, the winners and the categories and stuff like that. A very different year for them. So I'll be curious just out of that factor of seeing it like that, because uh, as far as I know, this will be live and it's uh, September 20th. So, yeah, that will be how will they, mm. as we were talking about with Comic-Con, uh, what kind of technical issues or yeah. what kind of other things will they run into? Uh, it'll make it more interesting, <laughs> whatever technical problems yeah, they sure. have, you know, it, for sure. it'll, it'll be something I think it'll probably get better viewership right now than, you know, maybe previous Emmy shows have That's just true. because, you know, with people being stuck at home and looking for things to watch. I mean, yeah, sports are coming back right now and I've definitely been taking part in watching a lot of that, but yeah, I could see yeah. numbers for the Emmys going up compared to the past few years. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, I guess that's going to do it for this week. Your your lights are out. You're in the dark, so I think that's a I sign. Know. Know. But we should uh, we should probably yeah. wrap it up. Um, as always, we'd love to hear back from all of you that are watching and listening. Um, again, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, make sure to like and subscribe uh, by hitting those thumbs up and subscribe buttons down below. And you can hit that bell icon to be notified whenever we post any other videos or go live in the future. We'd love to uh, hear your comments. You can leave your questions and comments down below. You can also email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. And we are also on Twitter and Instagram at Flickr underscore effect. Uh, with that, I'm David Lott. Um, Bobby Jackson over here in the dark. Over here in the dark. <laughs> we should, uh, <laughs> by the way, be back uh, this Sunday. We've got another top five list uh, we're going to be doing this Sunday. So look for that. And uh, yeah, whatever we've been watching, plenty to talk about, I'm sure. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm David Lott. You're Bobby. We're going to get out of here. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching.